All right. Welcome into my new podcast. It's called In the Booth with Dave, talking about sports, different topics in the sports industry, although there is and there are no sports right now, which sucks. Uh, I'm going to have some different guests that are going to come on the show, and I'm going to talk about my experiences in the sports industry, talk about Philly sports, talk about running. I'm a big runner now uh, since my old podcast, The Garcon Zone. A lot of big fans of that out there. Um, so today on the topic board, we're going to talk about my guest. It's going to be a, a broadcast reunion of sorts. Marco Serino is going to join me. Uh, some old University of Pennsylvania Quakers on the line here today. We're going to talk about the return of sports. We're going to talk about the Eagles draft. The only thing going on in the world the next three days, starting tomorrow, is the NFL draft. So we're going to talk about that, talk about the flyer season, and then we're going to talk about some quarantine boredom. So Marco... Thanks hey, for Dave. joining me. Good to have you as the first guest ever on In the Booth with Dave, which might become In the Booth with Dave and Marco because I don't think anybody else is going to want to join me. <laughs> I might be able to, to find guests to talk with us, but then we, but then they probably won't come back. But it's always nice to be here. It's always nice nice to talk to you. It's it's always good to you know hear an old voice. Right now, this is wow. this is yeah. unprecedented time, so it's it's good to have. My, my voice might be a little bit more manly than you remember it from like. 19 years old in college. I don't know. Maybe I grew up a little bit, you know, back in my play by play by play. Not any different. I got heavier. Uh, I, I mean, you, I, I know you look like I an, you look like an old man. On you got bone. a bunch of gray. Uh, our, our, our listeners can't see us, but yeah, you know, Marco's pretty gray. I mean, he looks like a 55 year old man. Uh, and I'm, and you look uh, older because you're bald. Well, I'm an adult. <laughs> You'll get to know. We have a lot of Seinfeld references. So, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, bring those yeah. out. So let's let's talk about the return of sports. Stay for the Seinfeld references. Yes, we'll, we'll sneak them in. So return of sports. My thought on this is if you don't have fans in the stands, it's not worth playing. I, I just believe that. How can you play sports with no people in the stands? I want sports badly. I want it back. I can't see playing baseball, hockey, NBA, any of those sports without fans. What's your take on it? I think it's a really difficult proposition. We both we've both worked in sports. I've worked in ticketing at 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 the major league level. It is it doesn't work. We went, you know, we call games where there were like 50, 100 people in the stands at the college level and 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 even And that still makes a difference. It's still and, good yeah, that there's still, people there. It's there. It's it's why they have it. These are spectator events. You don't just have you're, you're you're not hey, I get I get it that I want to be at home where there's not much going on and I want to be able to watch a game. But if I look at an empty Citizens Bank Park and Bryce Harper hits a home run, I mean, what are they piping in cheers and, and, and you know, congratulations? And I, mean, I don't understand how they're going to do it. It was it's very weird. I actually I'm, I'm a wrestling fan, so I watched WrestleMania and I've been watching a few of, of the shows within in the empty arenas. And it's a it's eerie. It's very yeah. eerie. You're, well, you remember back to Baltimore when they were having the riots in Baltimore and the Orioles played the one game at Camden Yards without fans. It was the weirdest oh, yeah. thing I ever saw. It was the weirdest thing I ever saw. I, I can't see playing an entire season with no fans. No, no. The, it, the whole point terrible. of sports is it's a spectator-friendly event, and it's for the fans, really. It's not even for the players. It's for the fans. These are the people that pay their paychecks. Um we, we were talking before we went on the air. Think about the impact on minor league sports where probably, I don't know, 80, 85% of the revenue they bring in is based off of spectators 
paying for uh, concessions, souvenirs, tickets. Not so much in, in the majors because they have so many other TV contracts involved. But how do the minors come back without fans? I don't think that's possible. No, I, I agree. You can't have you can't have single A, double A, you know, level sports where there's no one there. You're you can't I, I don't know. Half the staff is geared it. towards taking care of the fans, right? You've got, you know, the fan experience people, you've got the uh, the video and audio folks that are playing the, the score. You don't even need a scoreboard. Gee, all you need is a clock and a buzzer. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how you do it, but is your take the same as mine that sports should not come back until fans are allowed back? I don't know. See, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant on that. Um, I know that we're starting to see, we we're, we're seeing more international um, domestic leagues in, in soccer playing without stuff. Um, the Bundesliga is probably coming back. I just saw that they're going to start training again for Serie A in, in Italy. So All the leagues that nobody cares about. That's fine. I, I mean, <laughs> nobody cares about them except except the networks that actually put them on television. Yeah. And 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 our right. friend here's Jonathan here's what I will concede. Animals. I will say baseball is probably the easiest one to come back without fans because it's kind of a quiet, leisurely fan sport. I'm okay. Maybe that's fine. Can you imagine the NHL playoffs without any fans in the stands? I, I just can't see it. It's it's prob from what I've seen, just just from what's been released today. There's going to be a return with some neutral sites like the the the, the Metro Division with fans. Down in, no, not not with fans. I'm guessing not initially with fans. I think they might be if they come back in July and if things are working, you could see a return to the main arenas by 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 say the finals would i want to watch a flyers penguin series no. No. in 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 a neutral arena no no that we're going to talk flyers horrific segments, but it would be I, I can't see there's certain sports that that that's the nhl playoffs are the mecca of of sports playoffs and the energy in those buildings i've been in uh, a couple buildings for the playoffs. The, the buildings shake. You feel the movement, the, and the players feel that. I think the intensity of the game is going to decrease without fans there. Baseball, not as much, right? It's you know, bring the kids out, let them play in the outfield, all that. But hockey, even the NBA. I mean, look at the Sixers. They're an unbelievable home team without a home oh, yeah. court advantage. They might be out yeah, in the first round. There's, might be there's the a lot round. of really. Th- this is this is this is where it becomes a a C-level business decision. Is it a TV show or is it a sporting event? I would rather have the NHL playoffs come back without fans in the NBA. The NBA, even, even, even in the, even in the playoffs, the first two rounds are painful to watch. You're like, yeah, hell. And I'm not, I'm not the biggest it's NBA fun, guy, it's but, fun, but it's not, it's, it's not going to be the same. The intensity is not going to be there. And it's too, too much of the NBA has become this like storyline stuff and all this behind the scenes. And who's saying one on Instagram, Give it a rest. Grow up. Play, play. Uh, you know, watching the stuff from the '80s and the '90s, watching the Last Dance. There's a there's a whole different maturity level between you know Jordan and Sean Kemp and Kevin Johnson, those guys, and the guys yeah, playing agree. now. It's 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 almost like watching. It was different kind of game. I think all of sports were that way. You look back at hockey, uh, back when in, uh, the NHL was on ESPN. It was a different sport too, and the the energy. Oh, yeah. and, but we'll there's, we'll talk some more. more speed now, but. I think because I'm not used to the Flyers playing this well, I, I would at least at least like to see them get a shake at it. I'd, I'd at least like to see 
Carter Hart, well, a guy right. who's let's, done well. Let's, we're on in, the Flyers. Let, let, let's go to the Flyers here. So okay. if the season ends now, I, I don't necessarily agree with them just going straight to the playoffs because the Flyers are one point out of first place in the Metropolitan. If they get first place, they don't play the Penguins in the first round. Um, potentially uh, they get uh, the cap. I don't know. It could be the Capitals. could be a wild card team depending on how the Boston uh, uh, division shapes out as well. But I'd rather them finish what they started, finish the regular season. I don't think that's going to happen. I think if they do play, it's going to have to go straight to the playoffs. And you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you've got a Flyers team that was hot and a Penguins team that was eh, struggling a little bit but had won the last couple of games. Both teams coming off a long break. Anything can happen. Now, if this was the regular season, uh, a, a normal regular season where they finished the regular season went on the playoffs, I think the Flyers have a great chance against the Penguins. I don't know what would happen in this circumstance. You, you go into a neutral building. You've got a rookie goalie. You've got a team that was really cohesive, playing well under their coach. I, I kind of have to lean towards the veteran team that's been there before to win that series with those unfamiliar circumstances in the playoffs. And that, and that would be the Penguins, but who knows? I, I, this is first of all, this is the weakest Penguins team they've had in at least five years because they don't have that depth. They don't have the bottom six, six forwards. I I've, I've been unimpressed by their effort. The other thing was I was watching the games and I'm just like, what's wrong with, 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 with Matt Murray. If he, if he's got his head yeah. together, he is. Well, he was benched for a while. I mean, yeah, he's 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 probably if if he's if he's sorting stuff out, then then that then that gives the Pens an advantage. The counter is Carter Hart's won World Juniors recently. He is he was very good in the tournament where where he led Canada to the goal. He's. But do you think it's going to impact the Flyers? They play so well at home to go to a neutral site, not to have fans in their corner, not to feed off of that energy, and the Flyers really did that this year. I think it might. Yeah, it it's certainly a concern. And I, I just I just think for everyone it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. And and I think it's gonna be the guys who sort of get their heads around it. Now this the, this year team has a more cohesive unit. They they yeah, play that together. comes down to the coach. The coach has yeah. brought that in and that attitude. It, it and, and it matters and it shows there's an adult in the room, there's there's a guy that they listen to. Um the Kevin Hayes signing yeah, work. I was just going to say that. that there's an amazing, a good idea, and yeah, everyone brawn on defense, shit on it. All the moves wrong. that, yes, all yeah, the moves just, that were made, just aces, just, just, just every one just of them worked. Splitting they tens, getting aces. Splitting tens, getting aces. It's, it's astounding. Um, they weren't high priced free agents. These are, these are no, smaller moves. Provorov deals um, work. This, this, this team has has flexibility. The big thing is going to be is going to be the leadership, and I think in a situation like this, if Sean Couturier and and Hayes and Claude are like, all right, guys, l- l- let's just let's just go. You know, if you don't overthink it, you can't screw it up. This is this situation where their style of play, I, I think, can match up, but you do lose a massive advantage with with yeah. with the fan group that's been called. Well, <laughs> either way, I think it would be really unfortunate if they didn't play. I mean, because they're having an amazing year. It's, it's one point the behind the Capitals. I mean, most the games. Well, most people thought if they made it to the playoffs, they'd be the final wild card spot. They're one point behind the Capitals, and they're they're only nine points behind the Bruins, who have had an amazing record-setting season and are a really great team. And actually, 
the last game the Flyers played, the Bruins beat them 2 nothing. That would be the biggest issue because you had a very unsatisfactory end. I watched the Monday night game in which the Caps, Caps came back in Buffalo, and Buffalo yeah. probably should have won at, in, in regulation, but the goal got, got waved off, and I think they like wound up winning in a shootout. So, so, so but that, the Flyers' schedule was getting really hard. They were playing the Bruins. That Thursday they were supposed to play the Tampa Bay Lightning, and um, – so they have uh, a lot of – they had a lot of tough games coming up. They did, now, yeah. It was Dallas, go to Nashville. Yeah. yeah, yeah there was- I think they had the Blues at home there. They had a few other games uh, that were uh, coming up. That It was going to be a, a challenging end of the season, but they were in a good position. They were playing well at home. They were playing better on the road. Carter Hart was playing better on the road. Uh-huh. Winning those three back-to-back sets – and only dropping one point in Columbus when you went down to two nothing and three one was a defining change. The fact yeah. that they came out, they beat Columbus early, they beat Florida early. They they they, they gave up the fir- fir- first goal of Florida, and then they got that back. And then they lost that game in Brooklyn, which which I thought was going to be like a death knell. Well, they came back. It was they at the game the where they had the three goal. Yeah, they had three goal deficit, and then back and then lost the regulation, which was. But playing not- better on the road was the key. Uh, they were lights out at home, and they're just playing better on the road. But, well, I would think most of our listeners don't want to hear hockey the whole time. So let's switch to a <laughs> hot topic in the sports world. It's the NFL draft, the 2020 virtual NFL draft. Apparently, some of the GMs don't know how to use Wi-Fi in their homes, which is not a good thing. Um, but that's going to be tomorrow. It's going to be on ESPN, ABC, NFL Network, all these different storylines. and. Um, You've got the Eagles picking 21. Here's my take. They've got to get a wide receiver. I want them to trade up and get C.D. Lamb. That's my thought. They need to knock this one out of the park. They need somebody that can grow with Carson Wentz. You can take a Justin Jefferson or or a Diggs, um, but I think you got to go all out and get up and, and get C.D. Lamb. And now there's rumors that they might take a linebacker at 21. I, it's just They've got to get a wide receiver. They've got to get a wide receiver, but they also who's going to play linebacker next year? I I I don't know who's going to play yeah. linebacker. I would. But they've I would gone into seasons like that before. Jefferson, I I think I'd rather see them see them get Jefferson twenty one. If you go and well, first of all, trading up right now with the, with the needs the team has, it makes more sense to sit at twenty one. It, it it might even make more sense to move back if you can get another three, another four. To, to get nice and takes and then rugs, but rugs. I mean, some people are saying rugs is going to be there at 21. That would be good. Justin Jefferson seems more like a possession receiver. Um, somebody that might be able to replace Alshon. I, I don't know. I, I feel like this is a really good draft for wide receivers and Howie is not good at picking wide receivers. So he has to get the, the, the knock it out of the park guy that we know is going to be good. And that's CD lamb. I mean, look, Ortega Whiteside. No, I, I don't think he's anything. Uh, you know, he had a terrible first year. We'll see what he does in his second year. But they spent the entire free agency season on the defense, did nothing offensively. They've got to get a good wide receiver. Yeah, it is. Now, the question is, if you go linebacker, cornerback safety, do you move up in the t- in the t- in the second round and who do you get? Or do you think, okay, K.J. Hamler's going to fall to 54? I've I've followed Penn State since the Saka days. 
I've never seen a guy come out of Happy Valley as fast as KJ Hamler. He's faster mm-hmm. than Curtis Drake. Mm-hmm. He's faster than Saquon Barkley. He's faster than Bobby Ingram. He's faster than Derek Williams. He's faster than Deion Butler. He's faster than every guy who's come out since maybe the late 80s. He is yeah. utterly well. Fast. In my He's opinion, they need to come out. Fast. They need to come out with two wide receivers in this draft. You can get uh, two. Um, I think that would be good. They need a defensive end. They 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 need a lot. They need a cornerback, a safety. They, really need, they need linebackers. Linebackers. They're they're really going to be the big concern on the defense is linebacker depth. Um, now the the question is, what do you do with Alshon Jeffrey? Are you going to keep him? Or are you going to try try to placate him? I, I mean, obviously, can you, you can trade him. him? You trade. Maybe get yeah. another two or a three. That would be amazing. But with his. Uh, you know, it's up in the air whether he's healthy and he's a disgruntled player uh, on the Eagles. I don't know if that would How be the case. Follow that. I was. I, I'm very curious. We we never got a chance to talk about this since we didn't. We went to the game in October, but we didn't get a chance to talk about. Well, all the I, I don't think he's a fan of Carson Wentz. I think he's a, a cancer in the locker room. I think he was the the one that was coming out and feeding the media stories, uh, Josina Anderson, um, and so on, and. I just don't think he works with Wentz. I think he's got to go, and he's not healthy either. And he, even when he played last year, he was a lot slower than he was in previous he was, years. Yeah, and not to take away from you know what he did the year of the Super Bowl and the year after, although he did drop the catch against the, the Saints. Um, it, I, you got to move on. This team had a lot of locker room issues last year. You got to go on with with a fresh slate. You've got to get a young receiver in there that Carson. Uh, can develop with the only thing is there's not going to be an off season. So think about, you know, when you get into this season, it might be a quick preseason. Any young rookie coming out of the draft is going to have a challenging season in their first year without having the time to, to get in coordination, say with a Carson once at quarterback. So, well, uh, it, you, it, usually you have OTAs and you, you know, you have an opportunity to get used to, the uh, quarterback. So it's not just going to be like you throw this guy out there week one and he's going to be catching touchdowns. Well, here's, here's the question here. Do you think usually what quarterbacks do is when they get new guys that they get traffic, everyone goes out to their, to their off season home and with Wentz, it's probably going to be the Dakota. Yeah. Those guys are on the beach. They're throwing. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to be allowed to. That, that, that'd be interesting. I'm very curious where the NFL PA sounds on that. Carson Carson has a couple things going. He's in a state that's got a low, uh, you know, low low cases. Except for the uh, Smithfield pork plant. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't think that's anywhere near, near where he goes out and 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 hunts grouse and fowl. But he could know. be like Rocky and he's he's punching uh, you know cows and stuff in the uh, the meat processing. Plant. I don't think he's doing that. The, the the other question is how how much work is is he going to get in the off season with, with with the baby on the way he has he has a baby coming this summer so well I, the only thing is everybody's going to be in the same boat all the rookies are going to be in the same boat I think it's going to be hardest for rookie quarterbacks think about oh, yeah, that certainly. you get a guy like Joe Burrow coming in or or Tua coming in uh, yeah they can read and study the playbook all summer long but coming in they, I mean who knows there might only be two preseason games this year right um, you know and then you just jump right into the season but. You know, back to what we said earlier, I can't see the NFL without fans in the stands. That would be terrible. No, 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 no. It's just, uh, yeah, none of us have ever seen it. It kind of leads into the next topic of the quarantine. How have you been staying busy, Marco? No sports. I mean, how have both of us been staying? There's no sports. I mean, 
uh, I cannot we, watch another non HD sporting event on Comcast. We found our, our, our new NBC package. Sports Philadelphia. Oh gosh, no, there's there's a lot of games on that I wish that they'd show. I wish that they'd show the five overtime game in Pittsburgh from from two thousand. The clincher in Toronto. Right, trivia question: Who was the goalie for the Penguins in that game? You remember? Tugnut. It's there. Six. You go, Ronnie Tugnut. Ronnie Tugnut. I was I was watching the fight at the end of Game Two of that series because that's that's the famous fight. Where, I don't know if that was a famous fight or I thought there was a fight earlier in the season where Barnaby fought Tarion and that, That's and back when the Penguins the Penguins stunk. I mean, the Flyers. It, it, Killed them back. That that's back when the Devils always beat the Flyers. Yeah, that was that was fun. The one game though, I really really wish they'd show is, I was in fifth grade, and I went to my first like party with like kids and stuff. And not really, not, you not actually had parties when you were a kid. I'm not surprised. Not I I I was a good boy. <laughs> I didn't do anything. We didn't have any booze. We didn't have have any tobacco. I get yeah. in the car. I asked my dad what happened in Buffalo, and he says. There was a brawl. Oh. That is the game that I want to watch. The brawl. Well, is that back? Oh, is that back when they were in the Super Bowl every year, Buffalo? Or are that you talking was after you, that? Talking that was yeah, okay. Sticks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was that was that was the '96 Friday night where <laughs> where Barnaby like played played possum and Sucky Desjardins and I think Snow fought. Was it Shields or was it the other Russian guy? Not. Not Hasek. Medvedev? Uh, right in that game. Man, you're going back. You're going way Steve back. Field and it and it wasn't Hasek. It was the other guy who was from like who was, who was from like the Soviet Union or something. And they're That's just they're throwing bombs at each other. Those are the those are the old black buffalo uniforms. Oh yeah. Yeah. But no, for a couple red. for a couple of hockey nerds, uh, you know what those really got me. Days. I gotta well, say, those are those are great. I was watching the they showed some of the 04 stuff against uh, against Toronto and stuff. Yeah, Flyers black jerseys. Are well, yeah, you got you got Czechmonic, Roman Czechmonic. Think about some of the goalies the Flyers had back then. Think Robert about how Esch. good those teams would have been if they actually yes. had guys who were competent. Yeah. Robert Esch. But, but the the one thing that gets business. me going, they played uh, the Devils Rangers series. I think it was '96 uh, semifinals. No, 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 it was '93. Or ninety four semifinals yeah. when the Rangers won the cup, and hearing that ESPN uh, NHL music again with with uh, Gary Thorne, I have no idea why Gary Thorne's a baseball broadcaster. He is the best NHL. I think he's better than Doc Emmerich. I love the guy. I grew up listening to him. Oh yeah, he was he's, a great. He was a great hockey broadcaster. I actually met Doc Emmerich when I was working for the Devils. He he told us a story. He had been he had been the guy the Flyers were training to replace. Uh, absolutely he was with the flyers for a, a good amount of flyers time in the early 90s yeah then they go to Sportsnet, i think or or whatever happened they replaced him with jim jackson and they the told state. him all right you're out now here's now here's the catch his wife we're, we're, t- we're talking about working in business his wife worked in the ticket office she was not terminated she mm. was kept at her job Jeez. and he's got to deal with the situation of um well Here's the here's here's what happens here, and we like Jim. Jim's Jim Jim's a good guy. Jim's Jim's a great voice in the town. He's, we, we've he's met him a few times. Um, it's just very very odd. Like what could have been? Yeah, and it, it was weird when 
Doc, Doc, Doc took over because he was the guy with all those Devils championship teams. It was him. Yeah, but think about Doc. Correct. Even when he was with the Devils, he was not a a well known guy. I mean, he was he, people knew him, but on the national scene, it was still Gary Thorne, Bill Clement, uh, Darren Pang. Um, you remember uh, uh, what was it? Mees. Um, he passed away. Ron Mees. Yeah. Maybe. Steve, Steve, Steve Levy, Levy got in there on ESPN for ABC too. as well. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a whole different crew with ESPN and ABC. And, and then it, all of a sudden, when when it became Versus and then NBC Sports Network, is when Doc became this god of hockey broadcast. And he's great. He's great. But he's everybody forgot about Gary Thorne. And here's Gary Thorne calling Baltimore Orioles games now. Poor guy. <laughs> that that that's got to be the hardest thing to do. Has to be calling a crap team. Because you, you go there every day and you're like, all right, maybe things will be different. No, it's not. Yeah. They still – It's a challenge. It's just Hor- it's a it's a Torres, and he's, he still kills it. And you're like, god damn it, not again. All right. Well, let's wrap up the first edition of In the Booth with Dave. Appreciate Marco Serino, the old University of Pennsylvania Quaker, looking uh, handsome with his completely gray Santa Claus beard Shut here on, on the first podcast. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Dave, Dave, do a favor. Take your hat off. Yeah, there you go. By the way, do you see the hat I'm wearing? I'm wearing a Vegas Golden Knights hat. When my wife went out to Vegas, she got fanatics the too. My fanatics, yeah, Sixer part owner, fanatics. They're at least well, doing a good job uh, in yeah, in given, in, given in stuff. donating stuff. Everyone's everyone's a critic. This is another thing that I have an issue with. with working in the media. Jeff Jeff Lurie and the Eagles are giving a million dollars. That's great. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys who who writes for the Inquirer is complaining. He's worth $2.7 billion. This is chunk change. Oh, come on. First of all, most of that value is in the stadium. The value of the franchise and the land, the property. You know, he doesn't have $2.7 million sitting in some Swiss offshore bank account. Yeah. So so that's horrible. Um, As you can tell, Marco still has more to talk about, so we might have to bring you back. I don't know about episode two. We can only take so much of Marco. But we'll see. We appreciate everybody tuning in to In the Booth with Dave. We'll be back next week with episode number two. Take care, everyone.